the Carolina Hurricanes had numerous players from the Chicago Wolves on their roster at various points this season and postseason. And we sit down with Sarah Avampato from SB Nation's Kane Country to talk about how all of those guys performed this season in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by the lovely folks over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And I am once again joined by Sarah Avampato of SB Nation's Canes Country, a locked on OG. And you guys all know her coverage of the Chicago Wolves over there on Canes Country. And like I said, Carolina Hurricanes had a lot of guys uh, from the Wolves on their roster at various points of the season. We'll obviously uh, hit the big names, of course. And, you know, Jack Drury, uh, he was a guy, you know, that, you know, came up you know towards the end of the season if i was mm. if i remember correctly as kind fetch went down he got the call up and you know once again found himself on the canes roster uh how are you feeling about his performance on the hurricanes roster this season so i feel like it was really sort of like the tale of two jack jack juries right because he you know was on the the, the wolves roster for a little bit got called up um you know returned kind of went back and forth a little Mm bit um and towards the end of the season it was much more like what i expected to see from jack drury um you know his like february and march were really good in terms of consistently providing offense um you know being involved in plays the beginning of the season eh, not so much i feel like he went you know a big chunk of games without even getting on the scoreboard um, or like, you know, like one goal in his first like six, seven games or something, um, which is not who he is as a player. So I, I feel like this year was maybe a little more of a struggle for him than mm-hmm. expected. I know that at the end of last year, everyone just sort of anointed him onto the Hurricanes roster and then he had a yeah. hard time sticking, which I'm sure is hard, you know, psychologically for any player to have everyone telling you like, oh, you're for sure going to be on the NHL next year and then to get sent back down. But, you know, I, I thought he, he conducted himself well. And when he wasn't scoring, he was still contributing mm-hmm. um, in the lineup. And I feel like once he finally got back up with the, the Hurricanes at the end of the season, really kind of stuck in that lineup. Yeah, do you feel that that could have been sort of just growing pains mm-hmm. of you know, him, you know, you know, having more and more time and now, you know, other teams, AHL and NHL both mm-hmm. having more tape to go off with him, you know, really knowing how to plan for him. Do you think mm-hmm. it could have been growing pains? And- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely put that up to a lot of it um, and, and just sort of the, I have to elevate my game and, mm-hmm. you know, in the AHL, he could get away with taking a shift off, taking a period off and he'd be fine. And, you know, he can't do that in the NHL. Um, I think a lot about one time when I talked with Ryan Worsofsky last season 
um, about Jack Drury. And I was kind of like, what's the ceiling for this kid? Where do you see him at? And he basically was like, I don't want to put a ceiling on him because he basically is someone who just explodes through whatever expectation people have of him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I do kind of wonder though, like the weight of expectations, was that hard for him to, to deal with, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that the, the adjustment to the NHL, you can be as gifted as you want in the AHL. We see it all the time of players who are phenomenal in the AHL and then just can't quite get it together at the next level. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be Jack Drury. I think that he is, I, I have seen him. He's a smart enough hockey player to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's not abnormal to see a guy struggle his first real exposure to the NHL because it is a different game than any other league. Yeah, hundred and ten percent. I I do think he will be, you know, at some point, you know, a mainstay of the Hurricanes mm-hmm. roster, and not a guy that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he's young. He's what twenty one, yeah. if like that. that yeah. uh, like he he's a kid. Yeah. So you you expect this kind of stuff from him, and you know, guys that didn't go back and forth uh, mm-hmm. between the uh, rosters were uh, Steph Nazen and Jalen Chatfield. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, from opening night all the way through, uh, those guys, you know, aside from, you know, getting hurt, mm-hmm. they played every game yeah. and, you know, every regular season game and every playoff game. Uh, and, you know, we said, you know, throughout the season that, you know, there were guys that those were guys right there that mm-hmm. had things, you know, gone sideways for them for an extended period of time, not mm-hmm. just one game easy you know send them back to chicago yeah. and, and you know because two-way deals super super easy okay. to do that yeah. and you know i don't think you know anyone really would have batted an eye at, yeah. at that because of that but those are guys that like seth jarvis last year mm-hmm. uh kind of forcing their way onto the roster like no mm-hmm. i'm gonna be here and yeah. i'm gonna play my butt off yeah and you know i think you know they really exceeded everyone's expectations mm-hmm. of them Jalen Chatfield especially yeah. especially Steph Nazen he was a force on the Hurricanes power play as well and I do expect to see those guys back next year uh, as well and you know watching those guys you know not play in the AHL mm-hmm. how was that for you this year yeah I mean from a Wolves perspective like that was a huge mm-hmm. blow you know, I think that people expected maybe, you know, they'd go back and forth or be the one who gets called up, you know, whenever someone gets hurt, you know, Chatfield might come up as like seventh, eighth defenseman or something on a road trip. Um, I don't know that anyone was really anticipating either of them to stick, particularly Nason, who has been around in professional hockey for quite some time and really just never stuck with an NHL team. And so you kind of expected, you know, no, no shade on either of them who are both great hockey players, but you sort of expected like, once players get stuck in that kind of like AHL bubble, sometimes it's hard to like, you know, I feel like, I feel like coaches and front offices get an idea in their head of who a player is. And they're like, Oh, he's the HL guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, also credit to the hurricanes organization and, you know, Rob Brindamore for being like, Nope, that guy. One mm-hmm. of them. Um, you know, so it, it sucked for the wolves who, you know, Chatfield especially um, was a huge missing piece on that blue line. Um you know, except for Max Lajoie in Chicago, like the blue line was largely, you know, pretty inexperienced guys or guys who had just come back over from Europe or something. Um, mm-hmm. And they were really missing someone like Chatfield back there. And, you know, same with Nason, like they, they, they had 
a good amount of veteran voices, but he 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 is someone who just you know I, I feel like any room he is in he he elevates um you know makes mm-hmm. the guys around him better. Uh, so it it was a big a big missing piece for the wolves, and I think you know had they both been there even for parts of the season, um, the wolves I think would have been in a different spot than they were um, at the end of the season. But as someone who covered both of them all of last year. Um, and you know, got to know them through interviewing them and talking to them after games. Like I, I'm like I raised these two adult men with my own hands. Like you know, mm. like it felt really good to see both of them stick in the NHL. Um, you know, Nason, like I said, has gone back and forth. Has really had a hard time finding a team to give him the the time and you know the ice time that he got in Carolina. Um, Chatfield kind of took the long route. Uh, you know, I know struggled in I think with with Utica, I believe, for a couple of seasons. Um, you know, didn't really do do anything there. Just a real late bloomer in terms mm-hmm. of his game, but um, is someone who I feel like has gotten better with every challenge he's been given. And you know, two very solid additions to to that Hurricanes team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they're guys that took us all by surprise. If mm-hmm. remember last year, uh, whenever you know the Hurricanes had a bunch of guys out with COVID, I want to say it was the game uh, you were here for. Mm-hmm. It was when like half of the Hurricanes roster was <laughs> Wolves players. Yep, and you know Jalen Chatfield, you know, in that stint that he had there, he played good enough to yeah. get himself a contract extension. Then, so you figure, you know, the way he did this year, things mm-hmm. are going to be looking up for him. And you know, don't necessarily want to do like we did with Jack Drury last mm-hmm. year of just going ahead and penciling them in for next mm-hmm. year. I, I think Chatfield would be the easier one to do that with yeah. uh, Dahan, Gossespair and Coglin all being UFAs. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, maybe he would be one that be don't want to, you know, make him a lock, but I feel yeah. like he would have the better shot. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you know, they you talk about, you know, both of those guys, you know, being, you know, in the AHL a lot. They got to a system that mm-hmm. worked for them and they had an organization and coaching staff that believed in them and you know, was giving them that ice time and developing them well. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, that probably boosted their confidence a bit, you know, because, yeah, I'm sure it kind of sucks, you know, having a, you know, oh, ring, ring. Oh, got to go to Raleigh. Ring, ring. Okay, I'm going back to Chicago or, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever it might be. Mm -hmm. That can't be good for them mentally of, you know, having to go back and forth between the leagues. So for them to be able to be here and stick and not miss any games, Aside mm-hmm. from being hurt, no stints in the age. I yeah. think that was really, really good for them. And I, I do think we will continue to see those guys in yeah. the Hurricanes organization, likely on the Hurricanes roster come October, mm-hmm. September, if you want to count the preseason as well. <laughs> but, you know, there's still a few more guys we want to talk about, as well as Sarah's views on the season. And we will do that right after this quick break, folks. Now, folks, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you don't know you're going to be off work that day and it turns out you're off, 
Game time has you covered. So get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Don't get surprised by a pole in your way because that's never fun. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are also sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email because that is never fun. I've had to deal with that before. Not fun. So download the GameTime app and create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, you know, a couple other guys that we saw throughout the year, first and foremost, we honestly surprised we didn't talk about him to start with, Pyotr Kochekov. Uh, mm-hmm. The only goaltender under contract for the Hurricanes in <laughs> next season. So obviously he is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, but I was sort of not sort of surprised we didn't see more of him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm also not surprised because when Freddie was hot, he was yeah. hot. When yeah. Antiranta was hot, he was hot. And you don't want to go away from that hot set of hands. But Pyotr Kochekov, during his time here, during the regular season, he was outstanding mm-hmm. uh, and really having some, at the time, momentum of potentially being a Calder finalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously he did not meet that criteria, so he would still be eligible next year. Uh, so you know, fingers crossed on that one, but how was it, how was it seeing Piotr in the NHL and the AHL this year? Did you see any growth from him or what all did you see from him this year? Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the big things about him is like, okay. So like in Chicago, he very quickly became a fan favorite because he has that personality, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's a big personality. He's not afraid to like get into it with people. Um, And, and, you know, I I think we're seeing him particularly in the NHL, like learn to pick his battles better. Um, You know, sure. It's fun, particularly the AHL level where you're like, if they win, they win. If they don't like, it's not, it's not that deep, you know, (laughs) in the Mm -hmm. AHL, but like, you never want your goaltender costing you a goal or costing you a game. And so I feel like just maturity wise, you know, in the NHL, I didn't really see any of that where I was like, Oh, you need to, to dial it back down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he is definitely a player who I'm like, he should, he, he, he should not be in Chicago next year. There is no, also, I mean, being, being the only goaltender under contract, um, you might need him. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know that he has anything else to learn at the AHL level. I'd much rather see him, you know, backing up or being like a one, a one B in, in Carolina. Um, but, but in Chicago, I mean, he, he very nearly dragged the wolves to the playoffs. Uh, there is a huge difference in the wolves without Kuchetkov and with him. Um, mm-hmm. Those times where he was sent back down uh, to Chicago are the times where the wolves would rack up wins. Uh, they essentially missed out on the playoffs by one point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you, it is one of the biggest what ifs for the Chicago Wolves this season, you know, more than having Nason, more than having Chatfield in the lineup. It is what would the Wolves have been had they actually like, no disrespect to, to Zach Sochenko, but like, 
what if they had an actual like essentially NHL caliber goalie as mm -hmm. you know their starter um because Slachenko's fine is a like backup but that's all you're getting from him you know he's he he's not supposed to be your starter and there he was um mm -hmm. you know had Kochetkov been in Chicago not even all season but like more than he was I don't I, I think that they could have snuck into the playoffs like they were on a roll at the end of the year and you could feel it you could feel the the confidence growing with each win you know knowing that they had a goaltender there who was going to stop pucks no matter what um mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it was it was a shame, really, to see them not get rewarded, rewarded for how, how hard they worked um, to stay competitive at the end of the season when everyone had written them off. Like, they almost did it. Uh, and it, it is really entirely because of uh, Coach Atkov getting back in there and getting in the lineup and giving them chances to win every night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he is definitely... I think, you know, the future of mm -hmm. the Hurricanes in between the pipes, obviously, you know, again, he's the only one under contract next year. So kind of by default, he mm -hmm. would be. But, you know, he's very, very young. Uh, he's I know younger than me. Uh, he's what, you know, 22, 23 years old. Yeah. I know he's early yeah. 20s. And, yeah. you know, so it, it kind of makes you think, you know, is this, you know, who the front office is like seeing as like, mm -hmm. all right, you know, you know, three years from now, this is our guy. Right. And yeah. it, it does kind of make you feel like, all right, you know, this is them mm -hmm. setting themselves up for that. You know, because again, we said it so many times on this show over the years of really ever since Cam Ward mm -hmm. left, the Hurricanes have not had mm -hmm. consistent, uh, a consistent goal yeah you know it's one thing to have you know a backup you know rotating mm -hmm. in and out because that was the case with cam ward you know you know he was getting overworked yeah. overplayed playing hurt all, all that we all know mm -hmm. that we all know how it went <laughs> and you know he never had that real quality yeah. backup to take a load off of him because you know had he had that you know his prime years could have lasted even longer yeah. that's a, just a what if scenario there but it does feel like, yeah, the Hurricanes are setting themselves up uh, and they're not going to have this revolving door of every few years. You know, mm -hmm. you got a new one. Yeah, it's right. not like, you know, Peter Mrazek, Curtis mm -hmm. Magley, Peter Mrazek, James Reimer. <laughs> uh, and, you know, then yeah. <laughs> throwing Ned in there as yeah. well for his little stick. You know, probably a previous regime thought, you know, mm -hmm. he would be the guy. Wasn't the case. You know, they decided to move on. You know, even though that still hurts you know, inside, <laughs> ultimately, I do feel it yeah. was the right move yeah. looking back. Uh, and then, you know, Freddie Anderson, Auntie Ronta, you know, mm -hmm. one, if not both of those guys are going to be gone next year. They're both UFAs. Yeah. I do think, however, Freddie Anderson has earned himself a contract extension uh, mm -hmm. with how well he played. Auntie Ronta did as well. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like one was like, super bad or anything like right. that. But, you know, you're going to have turnover in net this year. So to have Kochekov, on this roster, on the books, and playing with a team he knows. It's not like a guy, mm -hmm. oh, he has three years left on a deal, but he's getting traded. No, that's not the case. Yeah. Like He knows the guys he's going to be playing with. He has rapport built up with these guys and the coaching staff and all that, and I think that is going to be really something that uh, helps him out in the long run. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that – I mean, thinking about next season – 
you know, yeah, you have Freddie Anderson, Auntie Ranta, both unrestricted free agents. I feel like in the ideal world, one of them comes back and then mm-hmm. Coach Hatkov is the backup. You know, yeah. which one of those it is, I don't know, doesn't matter. Like they both, they both were good. They both were hurt. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. is, that is the calling card of both of those goaltenders is they're good and they're also always falling apart. Um, but yeah, I think that having a game plan for the future, no, looking at Coach Atkov and knowing like, unless something goes really sideways, that like, this is a guy who you can potentially like build out from over mm-hmm. the next, you know, you know, three, five, seven, whatever years, uh, I think is really good for the team. Um, yeah, it, it stinks for, well, whoever the AHL affiliate is going to be next year, because who knows what's happening mm-hmm. um, with Chicago. But I, I think that he does provide that sense of stability um, for the organization to know, okay, we do have a goaltender and we do have him locked down for a couple of years. And he is a guy who has shown already in limited stints that like, he can hack it at this level mm-hmm. um, and has succeeded at every level that he's played at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think that, I think that it's good for him. I, I will be excited to watch him continue to grow as a goalie in the NHL. Um, and also will be like, like a, a, a Kochetkov hipster. Like I, I knew him when, <laughs> like I yeah. knew him before he was cool. <laughs> yeah. And I do think one thing that, uh, has worked in his favor as far as his development is just where he happened to land. Mm-hmm. Uh, he landed in an organization that is really, really good at developing young talent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, in the AHL, you know, they did a good job with him there. And then you bring him up to the NHL as well. And that coaching staff there, they're really good at developing folks. And then you look at his learning tree, I guess, with mm-hmm. learning from Freddie and Auntie Ranta of guys that have been around mm-hmm. and you know auntie ranta has a ring right. so you know <laughs> these guys they know what they're talking about yeah. and 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 both of those guys being a you know, pretty level-headed uh, mm-hmm. i guess you would say of you know like you said piotr learning when to pick his battles obviously <laughs> you don't want to be pushed around or anything right. like that stand up for yourself but you know you don't have to have a goalie fight every game right you know and I, I think he is in a really, really good place to succeed. Now, mm-hmm. we also did have uh, at the start of the playoffs a whole bunch of guys from the AHL get called up, you know, just kind of in reserve. Uh, I don't even know if any of them were really in the building uh, for <laughs> most games. Uh, but, you know, one guy we did actually see in the playoffs was Mackenzie McEachern. It was obviously very, very limited mm-hmm. uh, in what we saw from him. Uh, but, as far as the limited window we saw from him in the playoffs, what it, what were your takeaways from him? Yeah. I mean, I think that what we saw from him in Carolina is what he did uh, in Chicago when he was you know healthy and in the lineup, you know, he mm-hmm. is the go to the net front guy. He is the clean up the rebounds and the, you know, human cannonball sort of player. Um, he, he's someone who I was honestly surprised that he, was in the AHL all season because he, you know, his pre he, he won a Stanley, a Stanley cup with St. Louis a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, he, he is a guy that I, I think just, you know, who knows why he took this, this opportunity, you know, was there another team that was, you know, going to give him age NHL time? Like who knows, but when he was in the lineup in Chicago, um, because he was hurt for most of the season came back at the tail end, um, you know, along with, Kochetkov playing in Chicago, coming back down. 
seeing McEachern get back in the lineup, he pretty much immediately went on a scoring tear um, and was contributing to that lineup, was helping, you know, be both the veteran experienced presence, the guy who's been there before, who knows what it takes to, to get to the next level. Um, and, and, you know, and I know that he was very respected in that room by the younger players, by the rest of the leadership group, the coaching staff um, for what he brought in terms of like professionalism and, you know, just helping be a leader on that team. Uh, so I was really excited when I saw him get the opportunity um, in the playoffs because he he can he can play at this level. Like, is he a top six guy? Like, no, that's not really where he's going to do his best work. But he, you can stick him there. You can clearly stick him there, and it worked. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for those couple of games. Um, but yeah, I, I think he, he's someone who, like I said, I was surprised he didn't get a look in the regular season. Um, but I mean, there also weren't, weren't that many times it seemed like where someone went down enough that they needed to even call someone up. Yeah. It wasn't something that really happened a lot this year, which is weird, you know, compared to last year, (laughs) but one guy I was surprised wasn't a part of that group, uh, that got called up for the playoffs, uh, was Ryan Dezingle. He mm-hmm. played with the Hurricanes before. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know he was another guy that missed a lot of time this year due to his back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I know this is kind of a very broad question, but why do you think he wasn't part of that group that was called up at the start of the playoffs? My guess is bes- between just rehabbing whatever injury, mm-hmm. um, he also became a new dad. Um that's about right. a month or so ago. And so, you know, this is pure speculation. I you know, haven't talked to him. I don't know, you know, what really went into that decision, but I could see him saying like, I know I'm not going to get to play in the playoffs. Like you're not paying me more <laughs> to be here. I would like to be home with my baby. Um, yeah. You know, that would be my guess. Um, you know, he had a hard season with, you know, dealing with injuries um, he really didn't get to play that much. I don't, I don't, I think he, he would probably say he didn't get to have the impact that he wanted to have this season, you know, when he was in the lineup, um, you know, see, you know, see, seemed by all accounts, like great in terms of, you know, a personality wise mm-hmm. with the team, but just couldn't stay healthy to stay in the lineup. So yeah, my, my pure speculation guess is that he just was like, I would like to like see my child. <laughs> my like yeah, new, that and new small human <laughs> yeah a hundred percent understandable uh and again like all his injuries yeah you know of not knowing like all right you know am i going to need to suit up because i do mm-hmm. feel that if he was part of that group that was called up yeah he probably would have been the first guy to get yeah. put in the lineup because of his nhl experience yeah. because he knows a lot of these guys on the mm-hmm. roster already and has that rapport built up with them already. So yeah. I do feel he had he been a part of that, if he was healthy mm-hmm. and like able to, you yeah. I know it's one thing like be on the roster, you know, mm-hmm. being, being able to be called yeah. up and being able to put in like, but like, is he physically ready? to right. go? Yeah. So it, that's another thing. Like, you know, you may just need like time to just, do mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Just mm-hmm. be at home. And yeah. like you said, be with his uh, baby. And, you know, there's, you know, again, other guys that called up with that group, but we didn't get okay. to see them. So we're going to, you know, kind of leave them be. And we'll talk about them more uh, come, you know, start of the training mm-hmm. camp and, you know, who we can potentially see there. But 
I know uh, you are obviously on record of being a big Seth Jarvis fan, and we will talk about his season as well as the hurricane season as a whole right after this quick break. All right, folks. Again, Sarah, yeah, your son, Seth Jarvis, <laughs> he had another really good year in the NHL. Obviously, yeah, he wasn't a Chicago Wolves player, but you do love you some you Seth Jarvis. He do. is your adopted son, <laughs> and I feel like he really took took a step forward this playoff and also really elevated his game in the playoffs and really mm-hmm. did all, as much as he could. Yeah. And, you know, what were your views on his season uh, this year and his growth? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, even just looking, I, I pulled it up just, just to make sure I wasn't going crazy, even just looking at his points, um, you know, he he had a down year in terms of like points per game versus last year, Mm -hmm. but you know, points aren't everything. Right. And I think that he showed a much more well-rounded game. Um, I think that he is showing to, you know, Rod Brindamore, who is a guy who like what I feel like every player on that lineup, regardless of who you are, what spot you're in, like he wants to be able to trust you to throw you out there in a situation that is like dicey. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, Seth Jarvis has continued to work on growing his game, becoming that like responsible 200 foot player that is going to like, just make Rod Brindamore love him every single minute of the day. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think that, yeah, he didn't score as many goals. He didn't put up as many points as he did, but I think that, you know, a step back offensively has done good things for the rest of his game. And, you know, same story in the playoffs, like, did he score a ton of points in the playoffs, you know, particularly this last round? Well, no one scored a ton of points in the playoffs in this last round. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. Um, but again, showcasing that, you know, more well, well-rounded game, you know, showcasing that he is a guy who can play the whole season. I think he played all 82 games, um, mm-hmm. which is great for him. Um, I, I think that he is someone who is, you know, I think we're only starting to scratch the surface of what he can do. And you kind of get, you, you, you get visions of your, in your head of like pairing him with other similarly like offensive minded players. And, you know, what is the best lineup like combination you can make for him? Like, how do you put him in a a position to succeed? Um, And I I think that he's showing that he is going to be a fun contributor on this team for quite some time to come. um, And having that, more fleshed out like mature game is really going to make him like a mainstay in this team yeah i i 100 agree there and like you said points isn't everything and while he did take a step back in that regard i feel like his defensive game uh mm-hmm. really elevated i know a big part of that was of course brent burns mm-hmm. and how close they became this season and you know obviously you know, got still three years left on the burns deal after this <laughs> year so you know they still got time and, and you know and he still has time to learn mm-hmm. uh because you know one thing i think you know has sort of flown under the radar in terms of burns helping jarvis was the fact that burns used to be a forward yeah. He knows how to play that position. Yeah. It, it's not that, you know, he's never has and whatnot. Uh, and I think that, you know, the way he's taken him under his wing mm-hmm. uh, and really uh, helped him, you know, elevate his defensive game, his mm-hmm. grit, uh, you know, because he's a small guy. Uh, yeah. He's what, 5'10", 5'11". You know, he's my size, mm-hmm. basically. And, you know, he's laying hits out there on guys much bigger than him. Yeah. And like Kochekov, 
he's showing that he's not going to be pushed around. Yeah. And I think that's really, really big for him, you know, and that, that sophomore slump, I mm -hmm. guess you would say, it wasn't like, you know, uh, I know it wasn't his second year, but uh, Sveshnikov, yeah. um, how he took that real uh, downslide mm -hmm. and where it felt like yeah, he was kind of in his own head. He wasn't yeah. producing offensively, all, all that. We, we know how that went. Yeah. Uh, and it felt like that wasn't the case with Seth mm -hmm. Jarvis. Like, okay, you know, I'm not racking up the points as much as I would, but I'm going to lay this guy out over right. here. And, and, you know, he really, you know, elevated his game a lot this year. I'm really excited to see what he does going yeah. forward. And I don't think it's going to be a case of, oh, his entry level deal is up. Mm -hmm. I know he you know, Obviously, you know, next year will be a contract year for him. So obviously you can expect some mm -hmm. elevated play from there if they just go if they don't sign an extension before. Right, right. That's yeah. another one. It wouldn't surprise me if they just do that yeah. of you know, once off season starts of they yeah. just go ahead and ink him on a extension because he's earned it yeah. for sure. But he's a guy I'm very much looking forward to seeing grow with the Hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Very much like Kochekov. He's a guy you can look like, all right, this dude's freaking young. Yeah. And we see a future with him. It's not a guy of, okay, he's a trade piece or we're going to mm -hmm. let him walk or anything like that. No, he's a guy you want to have here. Yeah. And he can be a cornerstone piece of your franchise for many, many years. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in year three because, mm -hmm. man, he – <laughs> like Jack Drew, you don't want to put a ceiling on him. Mm -hmm. Oh man, he, yeah. he's such a promising future. Yeah. And that's the case with the Hurricanes as a whole. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes, it, the loss in the conference final was disappointing and deflating. But I think yeah, we all kind of had them penciled in the conference final anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we were all kind of thinking they were going to be playing Boston, which wasn't <laughs> the case. Uh, thank you, Florida, for that. Right. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it, I said that at the start of the season, at the start of the playoffs, that conference final was where this team needed to go mm -hmm. because they were having that trouble of getting over that yeah. second round hump. They were able to get back to the conference final riddled with injuries, mm -hmm. by the way. And yeah. you know, you're without arguably your best player in mm -hmm. Andre Sveshkov. You did not have him. And that was really felt in the conference final with his uh, playmaking ability not mm -hmm. being there. Max Pacioretty, he was supposed to be your guy mm -hmm. uh, that would give you that offense in the playoff, which they haven't had in years past. We mm -hmm. saw it in uh, conference final here. So it, that does feel like a bit of a what if, but from mm -hmm. you uh, or from you and your perspective, uh, how do you feel, feel this? Or, God, how do you view <laughs> this hurricane season? Do you view it as a success? Do you view it? view it as a disappointment uh how do you view view this season yeah i mean i i feel like it's like anytime you get eliminated from the playoffs even if your expectations were like on the floor like it's still a disappointment right like yeah i still cover the kings did i expect them to beat the oilers no like they they're just not there yet mm -hmm. was it still disappointing when they got eliminated yeah because you you see when when you see the team at their best you see the flashes of like Oh, they could do this. They could beat this team. And then like they blow it. Um, but you know, I, I think that from the hurricanes perspective, like the regular season was fantastic. Um, you know, they came up against like Sergei Bobrovsky, who is like, 
inhabited by an alien or something like i don't know where this version of Bobrovsky came from versus the version we've seen like the past couple of years like it, it they just got like goalied like uh, mm-hmm. there's the, i feel like this playoff series really shows how random this sport is and how sometimes yeah. any analytic you look at like Bobrovsky has more like goals saved against like above average than like any goalie ever in like since mm-hmm. they started recording the stat. Like I don't know you, what I don't know what you do with that. Um, you know, I, I think that you can kind of take solace in like they beat the Bruins, who had this like ridiculous historic like year, like year. They beat the Leafs, whatever about the Leafs, but like mm-hmm. the Leafs just blew up everything because they lost to Toronto. Like, you know, I don't think Carolina is gonna do that. I think they're a little more, you know mature than that um but you know i I think that as soon as svechnikov got hurt i feel like the expectations went from like cup year we're gonna win the cup to like "Eh, playing with house money now um because everyone knows that he is a big factor on the offense on that team and so yeah it's disappointing that they got knocked out of of the playoffs Uh, uh, the sweep is especially disappointing um but i don't know like also you lose a game in like four overtimes and mm. I, I feel like that just is like, I don't, that's so hard to come back. Like I had shades of that same ridiculous Tampa Columbus game. Yeah. What they get seven? Yeah. Like five, six, like some, it was a lot. Um, and Tampa lost it. And you just sort of felt from there that like, I don't know how you come back from that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it, that was a very deflating loss. And, you know, yes, I know the record books will show this was a sweep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that. And, but, you know, looking at it, you know, right now, like these games were all really close. Yeah. You know, the Hurricanes did not have Pockluck on their side right. at all this series. Yeah. They kept hitting post after post after mm-hmm. post after post. I'd love to know a count <laughs> on how many posts they hit right. <laughs> this series. Like the Pockluck was not there. And it does feel like, if they got this bounce or that bounce, yeah, then maybe this series is going still going on. Yeah, maybe you know they're the ones who got the sweep. You mm-hmm. you never know, and I, I do think Brendan Moore's comments are getting blown a little bit out of proportion. You know, yeah. they're getting taken out of context. But you know, again, these were very close games. Yeah. Like, yes, it was a sweep that was four straight losses mm-hmm. for the Hurricanes, but they were very very close losses. Yeah, and had. They got this one bounce here, this one bounce mm-hmm. there, and they gotten some calls, uh, especially down in Florida. Then maybe we're uh, still talking about the playoffs, still talking about yeah. Drury, Nazan, McCacker, and Chatfield, yeah. uh, Kochekov, uh, still talking about mm-hmm. how they're playing in the playoffs rather than how they did play on the playoffs. Yeah. But these are all going to be guys, you know, that I do feel will be talking about them more next year uh whenever you know training camp rolls around whether or not they will be on the hurricanes roster obviously i think jalen chatfield will be good chance Mm -hmm. steph nazen will be but that's just something time will have to tell and we're gonna have to wait a while for that we still gotta you know crown a stanley cup champion we still gotta get through free agency the draft all that stuff still a whole bunch of fun stuff to talk about (laughs) when it comes to Hurricanes prospects. And we will, of course, always do that with Sarah Avampato because she is the bee's knees. She is the best. (laughs) And Sarah, where can the folks find you on social media? 
Sure, so you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. It's W-R-I-T-E said Sarah with an H. Um, I, I am there just talking. Um, you can find my Chicago Wolves coverage over at Kane's Country. Um, who knows what's happening next season? I have no idea. No one knows what's happening next season in terms of what the Wolves are doing, their whole plan of being an independent team. Um, who knows? But for now, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm also one half of the Calder Farmstead podcast, uh, which is a podcast that looks exclusively at the AHL. Uh, so obviously there's no Wolves talk there either because they blew it in the regular season and <laughs> didn't make playoffs. Uh, but uh, old friend of the team, Andrew Podorowski, will be uh, competing for his third consecutive Calder Cup. Uh, so, you know, that's fun. <laughs> Yes, and it's always fun talking to you, Sarah, as well. And you, of course, can find me on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes, on YouTube, Locked on Hurricanes podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the SiriusXM app, the SXM app. We are also over there now, which is really, really cool. So, you know, we obviously have fun talking to Sarah every time she's on the show. So, Make sure you go follow her everywhere. Keep up with her content. And as always, let's go Canes. Oh.